0: Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We
1: behold the glory God in the face of Christ. It shows us
0: On today's program, we'll look at Moses and see how his faith was refined and tested as he confronted Pharaoh. Moses knew that God's way meant he would suffer affliction, but he had faith and understood that God's way was greater. Here is part two of Cheryl's message titled, The Cost, Crucible, and Crown of Faith.
1: Put him in the Nile River, and then the very house that she was hiding him from is the very house that he was taken into, raised in, and protected by. Moses' mother and father did this by faith. It wasn't a natural thing to do. It was extraordinary. But they believed that God would protect him. They were not giving him to the Nile. They were not giving him to Pharaoh's house. They were giving their beautiful anointed child to the Lord. They were saying, Lord, even as Abraham with the sacrifice of Isaac, you are better able to protect my child. You are better able to work in my child than I am. Um, Cynthia, Iselle, and I were in leaders meeting, and we were being reminded of the time when our two children were just about as far from Jesus as possible. And we we began to pray when we realized how far they were. We began to pray together with a group of women for them to come back to Jesus. And God did bring them both back to Jesus' glory hallelujah but at the time I remember Cynthia coming into the prayer meeting and saying I had the best lecture for my son I mean God gave me just this eloquent powerful thing I was just waiting for him to come home because I was gonna give him this lecture it was so good and she said the Lord said you're not to give him that lecture you're not to say this you can pray this but I don't want you to say this. And she said, why, Lord? And he said, because I can say it so much better. And he'll hear me, but he won't hear you. We give our children over to the Lord by faith, faith. Lord, I birthed this child. I raised this child. But he's making decisions. He's in the wrong house, Lord. He's under the wrong influences, Lord. But he's yours. He's yours. I gave him to you. And I gave him to you to use for your glory. That's what they did by faith. Faith cost Moses' parents the absence of a son. The ability to read him those Bible stories, to remind him when he was 16 to keep him from the ways of Egypt. It cost them. In verse 24, we learn that faith cost Moses prestige, the prestige of being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In verse 25, we read that faith cost Moses affliction. Because he associated with the slaves of Egypt, the Jews, verse 25 again, he made a choice against the passing pleasures of sin. He could have indulged, he could have been part of that great Egyptian society. My dad used to say that the greatest problem with sin is the fact that when it first introduces itself, it is seductive, it is pleasurable. If it didn't have this pleasurable aspect, no one would fall. You know, why do you break a diet? Because the brownie is saying you can have momentary pleasure. I know one friend of mine used to say, a moment on the lips, forever on the hips. But it's like this slave trafficker, it seduces, it gives pleasure temporarily, in order to enslave, impoverish, and withhold. By faith, we understand the true nature of sin. This is only momentary, but faith is an eternal choice. Faith cost Moses all the treasure of Egypt, verse 27. Moses could have enjoyed the very best Egypt had to offer, the, the best housing, the best neighborhood, the best college, the best food as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Faith cost Moses the wrath of Pharaoh. Moses had to make the hard choice to not be liked, to not be favored, to not be wanted by Pharaoh. He endured the wrath of Pharaoh, going back into the court over nine times to say, You must release the children of God. Let my people go. And to invoke the power of God against the rebellion of Pharaoh to God. You know, I don't know about you, I don't like to go places where I'm not wanted. It is the most uncomfortable thing to go to a wedding or a funeral or a meeting where you know you're not liked. And I've had to do that. That's been my experience. Moses had to do that in one of the most powerful places on earth. Faith cost Israel a lamb, verse 28. Those who sacrificed a lamb who who took a lamb out of their flock and killed that lamb and covered the threshold of their door with the blood of the lamb were spared from the wrath of God when God's wrath was visited upon Egypt. Those without the blood of the lamb suffered a greater loss, the loss of the firstborn child, destruction of their firstborn Faith cost Israel discomfort and drama. Verse 29, they had to leave Egypt. They were pursued by Egyptian armies. And they had to walk through the Red Sea. I was going through a trial. It was bad. Have you ever had a trial? And the moment you pray, it gets worse. And you're like, wait, (laughs) I prayed. So let's get better. So you pray again. And then it gets like worse, and you're like, Lord, am I praying the wrong way, or am I not to pray at all? And the Lord says, just keep praying, just keep praying, just keep praying. But I was going through a trial, and it kept getting worse. And I remember Dave Sylvester called me on the phone, and I just told him everything. Hey, you know how it is. People just call you at the wrong time. I don't care if you're with progressive insurance. You need to hear what I'm going through right now. I don't care what you're selling. Let me tell you what's going on. And he happened to call at that moment. And he starts laughing, which was not appreciated. And he said to me, oh, Cheryl, don't you know God always builds the drama? You know, God is the best storyteller. His stories and our stories become his story are full of plot twists and suspense and drama, so that the deliverance is so great, so noticeable, that we never, ever forget. And again, we're told over again that these all received a good testimony. It gives us a story to tell. 48 Hours used to have certain programs that were different than than the regular ones of Finding the Murderer. But they were called Live to Tell About It. And it was people who went through these incredible things and then gave the story and how they survived. And it's like all these like amazing survival stories. But that's what we get, the live to tell about it. I made it through this. I walked through the Red Sea. Others tried to come through. Their wheels got stuck. They had better chariots, better equipment. They were aggressive. They were fast. I was slow, but they got rutted and they drowned in that same trial that I just walked through to the other side by faith, by faith. Faith cost Rahab, her identity, her former lifestyle, her city, her home. Faith always involves a costly choice. Always. Faith also always contains a crucible. And the crucible is the refining of our faith. Faith that is never tested is worthless. I grew up in the home of Chuck Smith. My nightly routine was my father coming in, sitting on my bed, telling me a Bible story, and then praying with me overnight. We made up our own prayer that we repeated. None of that, now I lay me down to sleep stuff. No, I came up with my own prayer. And my dad memorized that prayer And he would say it and I would repeat it after him every night. Do you know something crazy? I said that prayer after him every night and I never memorized it. And he did. He took my words and memorialized them. And even at the end of his life, he could still repeat that prayer that he prayed with me every night. I say all this because I think I had one of the best upbringings ever. I loved this church. I still do. I love this church. And I remember when they were building, I was here. I used to be at this church six out of seven nights a week. Sunday night was my dad's Bible study through the Bible. Monday night was Greg Laurie. Tuesday night was the night I wasn't here. Wednesday night was the Surf Fellowship. Thursday night was my dad's through uh, Bible teaching. Friday night was Maranatha movies. Saturday night was the Maranatha concerts, and I was here, and I loved it. I loved it. This was the place where the cute guys were and the word of God was spoken. It was the combo for me. I have to say it was the combo. But when I went away to college, to a Christian college, they brought up objections to the Bible that I never heard in all my years in public school. Never was I so challenged as I was at a Christian college where the New Testament professor started us out with the canonization of the Bible. Can you really trust it? And what he did is he tried to plant seeds of doubt about how we got the scriptures because once you doubt how we got the scriptures, You're going to doubt the scriptures. So this is what he did. Hath God said. Sound familiar? It's exactly what Satan said to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Hath God said. Then he denied the power of God. Because I was always taught that you either obey the word or you will die spiritually. And this professor had the audacity to say, you will not die. And then he said, "I can tell you what things Jesus actually said and what he didn't say, what Jesus actually did and what he didn't do. The word of God—it's not trustworthy. You have to lean on me." I was so angry, and the rest of the kids are like, "Yes, sir! Yes, sir!" You know, like lemmings going off a cliff. And I was like, "No! No! 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 This is wrong!" I called my dad. Tell me about the canonization. And that's when he introduced me to Don Stewart, who would call me every week and say, all right, Cheryl, what's your Bible question for today? So see, he got his start for pastor's perspective by me. (laughs) I was asking the questions. And that's when my faith, my faith, even though I was at such a shaky point, that my faith began to be refined. I was melted down. I was thrown around. I was pressed out of measure. I had a doubt and another doubt. And I remember looking up at night and saying, God, are you real? Can you be trusted? Is this your word of God? And I came out. I I left that college. I went to UCI knowing that Jesus Christ was Lord, and this is undoubtedly the authoritative, true, absolute word of God, which I could build my life on. Test it. This is what Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 6 through 9. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be. That word if is actually since it is necessary better translation, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found, don't you like that, fire, I've never said it like that before, but it was fun, though it is tested by, say it with me, fire, some of you did, and it was fun, some of you missed out on a really good time, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. True faith will always be tested Faith that is never tested by doubt or deficits or difficulties, disasters, disease or denunciations is not faith. Faith will always be tested. There will always be a crucible. There will always be a test. There will always be a place to choose what Jesus says. To walk in what the promises of God, as opposed to unbelief, as opposed to falling prey, there will always be a crucible, always. George MacDonald, a famous English writer, once said that an honest doubt is one of the greatest steps to genuine faith your faith needs to be strong enough to stand up to the doubts and questions of this world and say, I believe. I know in whom I have believed and I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. It is by the crucible of faith that our faith is turned to something greater than gold, something imperishable, something invaluable. It is not wishful hoping. It is not self-determination. It is not mind control. It is not supreme optimism. Real faith, faith that is much more precious than gold, will always contain a crucible, a time of testing, Moses went through the crucible of rejection, reproach of the Messiah, Passover, God's wrath, the Red Sea surrounded by mountains with enemies bearing down. Rahab went through the crucible of receiving the Jewish spies with peace, of having her home destroyed, her city destroyed, her income destroyed, and assimilating into a new people. Gideon went through the crucible of the Midianite aggression, oppression, and tyranny. Barak went through the oppression, domination, and battle crucible. Jephthah went through the crucible of rejection and war. Samson went through the crucible of betrayal, failure, folly, capture, weakness, blindness. Slavery. David went through the crucible of exile, rejection, and betrayal from his own countrymen. Samuel went through the crucible of corrupt leadership, a corrupt king, and a Philistine attack. But it was through the crucible, through the trials, the tribulation, the deficit, the difficulties, the failure, that faith was forged, fortified. And seen. Faith will have a crucible. Others went through the crucible of torture without deliverance, trials of mockings and scourgings, chains and imprisonments, stonings, sawn in two. That is a reference to Isaiah the prophet, who um, Jewish historians tell us was sawn in half by Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah. The crucible of temptation, the crucible of being slain with a sword. Others were told, went through the crucible of wandering about in sheepskin and goatskins. Some believe that this is a reference to John the Baptist who went about in camel skin, who was imprisoned and murdered by King Herod. Crucible of destitution, crucible of affliction, crucible of tormenting. They went through this crucible. They endured by faith. They were enabled, not exempted, but enabled to endure. To say, you know what? As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to Nebuchadnezzar, this scary, scary man who had a fiery furnace right there, they said, Nebuchadnezzar? Our God is able to deliver us from your fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, we will not worship you nor the gods that you have set up. We will only worship the Lord our God. These men were fully ready to go through the crucible and not receive deliverance. Ready for the crucible. Because it's through the crucible that faith is Evidenced that faith is purified and that faith becomes more precious than gold. Faith wins its crown through the cost and the crucible, the reward of faith. Listen to James 1:12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, or the man who goes through the crucible. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life whom the Lord has promised to those who love him. Faith enables us to persevere to the crown. God always crowns faith. This is the venue God uses to reward his people. He can't do it on the basis of our righteousness because it's like filthy rags. So he does it on the basis of our choice for faith, on the basis of the crucible we've been through for faith, and on the basis of the fact that we believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Messiah, the only Son of God. This is the faith he crowns. This is the faith he blesses. This is the faith he works through. Faith crowns us with right choices. Faith crowns us with victory. Faith subdues kingdoms. It obtains promises. It stops the mouths of lions. These are the crowns of faith. Faith quenches the violence of fire. Faith saves from the sword. Faith makes the weak strong. Faith makes us valiant in battle. Faith turns to flight the enemies of armies. Faith raises the dead to life. And faith endures testing, trials, and the crucible of faith.
0: Faith always contains a crucible, and the crucible is the refining of our faith. Faith that is never tested is worthless. Moses had to make the hard choice to not be liked, favored, or wanted by Pharaoh. He endured his wrath having to go to his court over nine times to say, let my people go, and to invoke the power of God against his rebellion. Moses had eyes of faith that could see him who is invisible, and he understood that God was far greater than Pharaoh and anything he could do. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll continue our look at faith as we continue our series, Our Great Faith in the Book of Hebrews with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. We will come for you, Lord, in wonder, wonder. We will fall on our knees and surrender. We surrender to you. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.